Hey, this is Peg City 8-Bit, and you're listening to the Pixel Pie Podcast. Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Pixel Pie Podcast. Uh, my name's Scott. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Sit down, uh, make yourself comfy, and um, in, enjoy the the show. Uh, if you're a return listener, thanks for coming back. You know why you're here. We're going to meet someone uh, that uh, is in the sort of the uh, sort of Game Boy retro gaming community uh, on Instagram, and we're going to get to meet that person and get to know that. Uh, why does they do what they do and what kind of motivates them to keep just punching out some sort of red builds and just collecting and just loving them the way we all love them. Uh, before I go on, a little bit of admin, I've got uh, my sponsor, retrogamestore.com.au. You can find uh, Craig at that address, uh, both online and on Instagram. Um, I have in my hands here a freaking gorgeous Game Boy Pocket, a clean reshell with one of the new um, OSD LCDs and you, know, you can adjust the palette and you can move the screen left and right and up and down. And uh, I'm, I'm freaking in love with it. I haven't put it down for more than 20 minutes since I've had it, which is around nine hours to 10 hours. Um, Craig built this up for me. He's got everything you need. Whether you build it yourself or you want Craig to do it for you, uh, you're going to be a happy Game Boy lover. So yeah, head over there. He's got a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, for snares and nares and Mega Drive and PlayStation and just all sorts of stuff. Suss it out. Uh, there's no doubt you'll get what you need if you head over there. So with uh, with that aside, um, tonight we have with us Peg City 8-Bit, Mr. Tyler, Mr. T. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. I am very well. Thank you so much. Now, for those that um, just uh, be patient because there is a bit of a time delay because you're in Winnipeg, Canada. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. So, winter peg, as we call it down here. So, you know, we got snow six, six, seven months out of the year. So, oh, man. Um, that's where that's where the peg city comes from is just the, the peg in Winnipeg. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a Winnipeg boy born here. No worries, no worries. And um, I guess having snow six to nine months of the year is a really good reason for me to take out something like uh, collecting, loving, and modding Game Boys. Am I right? You are definitely correct there. I mean, the, the more more so the modding came about, um, I would say, honestly, probably the same as everyone, more so to the COVID and being home, you know, 90% of the time. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've been a gamer as long as I can remember. Right, and I've been collecting now for probably about eight to ten years, give or take. So, beautiful, um, beautiful. It initially started with me just wanting to collect and own the stuff I had as a kid. Yeah, and then it's now exploded into you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. So. <laughs> do you uh, uh, do you have insurance on items or just home insurance or something? Uh, yeah, just overall house insurance. Um, the whole thing's cataloged for the most part. So I mean, oh, right. at this point, if I if something were to happen, um, I don't know that I would go out and replace it. Um, yeah, I mean, not, the journey wouldn't be the same, would it? Going back and doing it all over again. Yeah, I think that the 
like the biggest part about it is like things have gone up in price over the yeah. last year yes. right so yeah. you know the stuff the stuff that i paid you know five bucks for is now worth a hundred dollars so i mean sourcing yeah. that stuff out is, yeah. is a little steep so you know mario sunshine is a prime example like I, I think i bought that at a garage sale a couple summers ago for for 20 canadian dollars which is very on part of the, to the aussie dollar correct uh, it's about you know it's about 15 dollars for for those in the us but i bought it for about you know 20 bucks at a garage sale and i don't think you can find a copy for less than 100 dollars canadian these days so oh, that's nuts like that's yeah. just one example of, of being yeah right. yeah I'm looking over your shoulder there, and I can see in a cabinet, I can see a PS1, the uh, OG US SNES, and it looks to be quite a few 2,600 carts in box. Yeah, so, Man, so they're not actually in that's box. That's healthy. They're, it's, um, it's healthy looking. They're, like the, <laughs> no, they're, the, uh, they're the universal game cases, so very similar to what we would have gotten back in like the Blockbuster days. Right. Um, with the, ga- the cases that they would have given those out. Yeah, so I yeah. bought a lot. Probably about two years ago. Actually, no, it was last January. So about about a year ago, and yeah. there was I just wanted those. I just wanted those cases, uh, yeah. but I got a bunch of stuff. But I bought about two hundred of them yeah. um, for about or about about two hundred of those, and then I got some like DS cases and some PV cases and mm-hmm. some other things. Um, but I got a really good deal on it, so I'm I'm not complaining. You can't buy them for cheap. I think they're. Um, Canadian, I think to buy a hundred is like two hundred and two hundred and something dollars, two hundred seventy five dollars uh, after it's not, duty. Uh, it's yeah. not bad. It's a good way to uh, kind of to get all your loose carts and you know put them put them up nice and clean and protect. Oh them, yeah, right? for sure. And I, I've gone with like manuals and stuff for them as well. Mm. So oh it's, wow, uh, it's a definitely it's a nice way to showcase as well, right? It's just it's it's neat. It's organized. They're not yeah, in a yeah, box, yeah. you know. Yeah, and your twenty six hundred. Do you just play uh, like? RF or do you have yours AV modded? Um, no, I actually like I bought um I bought a twenty six hundred and a twenty six hundred junior. Yeah. Um, played those three years ago at the toy market, and I got them. I want to say I got like a box of stuff for like twenty bucks. Oh my so, god! Like I was like, yeah, like I can only saw it peeking underneath the table, and I was like, what you know, like what's in here? And he's like, oh, I don't even know. I've had it since last summer. If you want to rummage through it you know go to town so i take it out i'm going through it and I've, you know he's got the 2600 the 2600 junior there's about four or five paddles in there there's some power supplies Dang. um you know and, and he's like yeah you know go through there if you can find whatever you're looking for you know let me know and we'll we'll work it out so mm-hmm. pulled all that stuff out and you know i was like how much do you want for it all he's call it 20 bucks it's like yeah, here's a twenty and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm running yeah. out of there. Yeah, for sure. They're both in really good condition. Like, you you can't find Ataris anymore. Yeah. Which twenty six hundred do you have? Do you have a Woody or or the Vita? I have a Woody, and then uh, and then it's the Junior with like the color, yeah, the silver and black and white option on the. Ah, right. Yeah. Groovy man, super jealous. Uh, I don't know that I would really play a twenty six hundred, but I really want one. Like I've seen a couple of Woodies getting around on our local kind of Facebook marketplace, and you know, still one twenty, one fifty, and they're like, think it works. So it's obviously been sitting in someone's you know storage space, and I'm like, just waiting for that right one. But yeah, don't don't see me hooking it up because 
I looked around at like flashcards and flashcards for the 2600 is still a bit, um, still a bit sparse. It's not like, you know, all the kind of Everdrive stuff that's retaken off, but it, it'll happen. Someone will come around and do it all over again. It always, always happens. It's all about demand. Um, yeah. yeah. No. So what are you, uh, sure. what are you playing these days? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't game as much as I would like to, or as mm. much as I, I would, you know, I, I used to, yeah. um, I've got a little boy, he'll be two in June. So yeah. he occupies a lot of my time. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and then I'm still, still working full time. So as far as like having time to like sit down and game, I think all the parents listening can kind of, you know, agree that it, it it's tough. Um, any free yeah. time it's generally just like playing a quick, you know, a couple of quick, quick races of, uh, um, like of Mary, but as far as like, diving into a game um haven't really had the chance to do that yeah. in a while but pretty yeah. much exclusively ps4 and switch if i had to like you know be exclusive to yeah a particular console yeah it, it's tricky isn't it where i'm at and even if you do have half an hour to yourself oh, I- it's usually because you've been and everybody has has a uh, has things in their lives that chew up like brain power energy so by the time you sit down you kind of like I just want to like surf the Netflix menu for 20 minutes and decide I'm going to watch nothing and then just go to bed sort of thing. So the idea of sitting down gaming, you've really got to be kind of prepared for it. I find most of my gaming actually gets done in my sort of half an hour break at lunch at work and I take a Game Boy and, you know, I've worked through a a Metroid and a Zelda and a few other games that just by just chipping away and you don't realise at the end it goes, oh, you put 17 hours in this. You're like, holy cow, that's... Uh, people sit down and they just one shot these. I'm like, who has the time to do that? Anyway, hmm. yeah. Well, and I think a lot of those Game Boy games were designed to be played in a couple of hours, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like a lot of those games, you know, no save points and things like that. Like they were meant yeah. to be played fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, I think the last game I really like put some time into was was Hollow Knight. Right. Um, you know, it was the free PlayStation Plus game a couple months ago. Yep, yep. I think I dove like 40 hours into Hollow Knight. Nice. Um, and you don't even think about it. It's like, okay, I'll chip, you know, two hours here, three hours here, yeah. you know, an evening, a four or five hour session, whatever. And then you finish it. And then that time thing pops up and it's like, yep, 39 and 39 and change. And it's like, that's almost two days. Like, geez, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, like, where did the time yeah. go? Yeah. Uh, like, if it's any consolation, you were never going to study for a, you know, a diploma or anything in two days. You might as well put it towards that. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's um talk about uh, specifically Game Boy then. Um, do you want to sort of take okay. us back to, I guess, your as early as you can remember your game boy i guess birth and if and sort of um hey get on get into them and then yeah let's just start there that'll be fine and then bring it up yeah for sure so the, the first game boy i can remember is uh is a clear game boy pocket um i got mm. it brand new i got it for christmas i mm. want to say for like my seventh or eighth christmas something like that i still have it to this day beautiful um and it's it's clean it's a no led pocket too which are really hard to find as well yeah um so from there i had the pocket i had a very game boy color uh i had a black game boy advance i had a ds and pretty much i think the ds is kind of where like my handheld um journey kind of ended for me so i would have been like 12 
I want to say, or 13 when the DS came out. Right. And then from there, I started getting to like more mainstream consoles, like Xbox. And then yeah. um, I think after that, I got into, you know, the Wii and the, the PS2, I guess, at that time. And then kind of went backwards um, more into my retro stuff. Um, from there, like I, I think I was about 24, 25. Um, and it's okay, I'm going to own all the consoles I had as a kid. Like yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and find them all. I'm gonna seek them all out, and I'm gonna, and like rebuild my childhood. That was the initial goal when I kind of got into collecting and Game Boys and everything. And then from there, it was like, hey, well, I'm gonna own all the Nintendo consoles. I'm gonna own all the Nintendo consoles, and then the consoles I owned or yeah. I owned as a kid. And then fast forward five years, um, I own the 2600. You know, the 20 the Atari. 2600 junior i've got the mm. nes nes mm. classic mm. you know i have multiple genesis 2 models for mm. whatever mm. but a complete in box genesis 1 mm. um the snes playstation do, 1 and do you or like do you have anything really obscure like a, a cdi or a jaguar or something that you ain't gonna turn like, on like because it probably won't work like anyway <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I guess the most like obscure thing in my collection is I have a number of Japanese GameCube. Um, All right, that'd probably be like the most like outlandish stuff. And then I've got a complete in box Super Scope. Um, oh, that's that right. Um, yeah, so I got that for Christmas a couple of years ago um, from my brother-in-law, actually. But outside of that, like nothing like super crazy. Like I don't have like a Virtual Boy or anything. Oh like yeah, that. it's just like. Uh-huh. No one has them type let's thing. Just, let's um, just give you pink eye. I mean, anyway. I think I have fairly. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've got fairly like common items, um, but I think like having all of them is where it becomes kind of neat. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, like I've got for the most part, I have everything from Atari twenty six hundred all the way up to uh, you know to PS four. I haven't really gotten into the new gen stuff. I didn't grab an Xbox One because I wasn't really an xbox guy at the time when yeah. i was kind of floating yeah. around so yeah. i've got a 360 um more so just to have than anything but yeah. um, that journey kind of ended with the the ps4 and the switch and then yeah and then from there i, I started dabbling back into the retro gaming from there mm. I, I think it's um i think you know like like so, based, based on your insta you know you like photography and so there's an element of there's an element of art to what you do and what you want to share and and a person that that delivers that kind of call it content for lack of a better word i think is is often aware of things like you know the way things are advertised and the way things are delivered as a product and it's definitely occurred to me uh, so I, I picked up a nares late last year and then from the same guy i got a snares and then I got a Mega Drive, a Mega Drive 2, the Australian one. Um, and then I got the PS1, the GameCube, and the PS2. And I currently have a friend's PS2 Slim. And to sit here and look at these whole sort of six, seven consoles, and each one as a representative of a concept, a team of people that were trying to make something that there was elements of that team that were like, we just go make money. And there was elements of that team was like, I, I love this and I want people to see what I can do. And I want to leave my mark on, on the, on the planet uh, having that little kind of mini museum and, you know, listening to a podcast or watching a documentary, I, I get a massive buzz out of hearing a story about the GameCube and just thinking, 
my God, someone had some bad days making that thing so they can sit here on my shelf. I, I, I appreciate humanity. I really, really do. Uh, I, I suspect you're of a similar nature. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I think for me, when I, like, you can kind of see in the back, I mean, the people watching, listening can. Um, I've got all my consoles in, in glass cases. Um, yeah. And then all my games are in shelves. So, I mean, I just wanted to put everything on display and then eventually build up, you know, the game room where everything is kind of plug and play and swap and swap and show. Sure. Um, haven't gotten to that point yet, but I mean, I've got last I counted something like 22 consoles on hand at any given Beautiful. time. And then, Beautiful. I mean, Kelly, next stop, please, is going to, you know, maybe faint when she hears it, but I think I've got. 20 no let's count it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen yeah like 25 game boys yeah boy from the dmg all the way up to uh all the way up to uh to the ds i mean if that counts as a game boy um and then a couple complete in boxes so i'd say somewhere between 25 and 30 yeah like yeah. personal handhelds yeah. and then um yeah. and then that's not including anything that i've got like on hand to to mod which is yeah i mean i think i've got like 20 or something on hand right now ah they're all at your place thanks for that it's, they're just getting so hard to get yeah. hold of it's yeah crazy. <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think all modders can kind of agree like the price so I mean it's it's a super niche hobby, right? It is that that's yeah. kind of how you gotta look at it. It's, it's you know, for most people it's still a hobby that they haven't really converted into a business. Um, you know, I, I still consider myself a hobbyist. Yes, I'm selling um, you know, I'm selling builds and I've got a site and the Instagram and everything like that, but it is still a hobby. Um you still enjoy I think it. when you make that switch from like a from a hobby business is where it's like a full-time gig, you know what I mean? And you're, yeah. you're like making a, a whole living and, and a full-time income on it. Um, mm. I think then you can kind of think of it as a, as a business type mm. situation. Um, but the price of games has, has, you know, doubled, if not tripled mm. in the last year. Um, like, like everything. You know, like, a year ago. Well, yeah, like every, you know, exactly. It's, it's like everything, right? I was saying that, you know, you can't find a Mario sunshine for less than mm. about a hundred bucks these days but um you know a year ago a year and a half ago you could find working game boys for like 15 20 25 bucks mm. canadian so mm. you know 10 15 20 bucks us and now you're looking at 25 30 45 or higher oh yeah um, us so yeah 40 50 60 bucks for for broken yeah it's like it's outrageous yeah i've I've had a few people like advertise and i'm like so you want 70 bucks for this and you and the ad literally says 70 dollars might work i don't know i'm sure it's worth something and you're like it it could just be a piece of plastic and some crappy old crap inside for all that matters and you still want 70 bucks for it yeah sure it's like okay no you know what all this retrospect all this reflection on how expensive stuff we're getting on to blame but ourselves we've uh we've created this market and um you know so it is what it is you just enjoy it or you don't um yeah um with the i sort of digress took you down the whole other console path before but with um 
with modding, uh, do you think that um, it's something that you'll be able to just keep doing? I mean, it's got to come a point where the market's so saturated with modded consoles. You jump on eBay and it's like the two to $250 mark of just refurbished DMGs. When I got into it, I was like, really? Like, this is like legit going going bananas. How long do you think we can do this before we have to enjoy it as a hobby again? I mean, I, I, every like it's it's super subjective, and I think uh, everyone's going to have a different kind of take on it because there was people doing it before all the all the COVID madness and and like a lot of new modders that have come up in the last year. Yeah. Um, and like, there's just a lot of us, but like, the world is a big place. I think there's enough space for all of us. I yeah. think that. The difference is it's, it's such a small and niche community. Yeah. That like, it seems like there's so many of us. But it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, if we were to put a number to it, it's like, okay, so there might be 300 Game Boy modders that are, like, active, that are, you know, floating around in the community right now. Yeah, yeah. Billions of people on the planet. Like, I think everyone just kind of needs to remember that, like, there, like if we all want to sell Game Boys, there's enough Game Boys that we can all buy them. There's enough people yeah. to sell them. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that there's a lot of like multiple modders in, in, in the same city that mm. or same state or country that were, you know, stepping over each other to, this is true. You know, to sell these, if, if, if that's what we want to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's like, it's a, like your followers, like build your own little community, you know, build a community of people who, who want to buy from you. Um, you know, if that's, if that's what you want to do, if you want to build Game Boys and sell them, you know, and you build up a little community, like people will stay loyal and they will only buy from you. You know, mm. people will say, you know, I, I, I'm saving up and I'm, I'm going to buy one, you know, at X and X time or with my tax return or, you know, whatever. And yeah. like, if you've built up that community and that relationship, like there's that like sense of loyalty almost. And it's like, I will buy one from you eventually, Yeah. you know, whether yeah. it be six months or a year from now, like that is the goal. And if it comes down to, you know, shipping overseas is a little too much like do you know anyone who's over here like yeah yep. like what country are you in like i, I will find you someone over yeah. there yeah yeah that's who can build who can build you the exact same thing like I'm, i'd be willing to to you know i guess like supplement that, that en- en- enable um, them regardless yeah yeah it's like you know if like shipping overseas depending on where we're going if we're going to the uk from here it's about 45 bucks it's about 60 bucks to australia mm. um give or take about 25 bucks to the States, which isn't, which isn't horrible, but mm. you know, 45 bucks on a $250 build. It's like, that's a lot of money, right? It like is, it's, yeah. you know, it's a quarter of the build. So, you know, if shipping is, is what is the downfall to that transaction, you know, there's a number of modders in the UK that I'd be willing to, mm. you know, mm. give that to and just outsource it to them. There's also a number of, you know, modders in Australia that I'd be willing to. Oh yeah. Know, it's blowing me away. So, yeah. So it's it like in that regard, it's like it's a hobby at the end of the day. But it's like just build up that community, and you know, kind of just do do your thing. There's enough of it to go around for everyone. As far as like it ending anytime soon, I think it'll slow down. I don't think that it'll ever stop because there was people doing it before all this COVID nonsense, right? Like, yeah, you know, 2019 and earlier. So as far as it like ending sometime soon i could foresee that it slows down 
um, you know, as people start going back to work full time and just have less time to mod on a part time or full time basis, mm. um, I could see kind of people, you know, leaving the Instagram thing behind a little bit to focus mm. on, you know, more like real life type type yeah. situations yeah. and you know, yeah. jobs and life and all that stuff. Yep. But I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think this is a bubble that we're just going to pop. I think the bubble is just going to get smaller. Yeah, no, I, I think as a as a uh, customer slash collector, like my perspective, my uh, perspective is probably quite false because my Instagram is, I'd say, at least 80% Game Boy retro game related. And, and so of that 80, like 90% of it is Game Boy related. So as far as I'm concerned, the only thing, I don't watch TV anymore. Like the last year and a half just been too stupid. I just listen to the the idle chit-chat around the water cooler at work and I get enough news to know me. Yeah, we haven't sorted it out yet, you know. So pretty much most of my sort <laughs> yeah, of, no most, most of my intake is from things like Instagram. And as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that's happening in the world is Game Boys. So I guess I have those those thoughts. Um, and, and the other aspect you're talking about where it'll slow down, I think that once people are allowed to travel and you know, we've been to a bunch of countries over the last nine years. They're expensive trips, you know, and when all of a sudden you don't have those those plans, then you go, oh, sure, I can throw 200 bucks at a game or whatever. So once we're allowed to get back out and live the life we're used to and we get the new normal, yeah, maybe those things will slow down That's and that's fine. Yeah, cool. Hey, um, one thing that you've done recently is the Shoot Light Peg City, the hashtag on Instagram, which is um, drawing a whole bunch of people out to do the – the Peg City 8-bit style of shooting, that kind of like it's a, how would I describe it? And this is a my description, which is that kind of like cyberpunk disco kind of, you know, it's like there's light, but there's not light. And what am I looking at? But I know exactly what I'm looking at. It's kind of sexy and I, I really like it. And I, I applaud you for, for that sort of stuff. That's when the community just goes, oh, boom, yeah. I can put a couple of lights in front of a Game Boy and take a photo with low aperture. That's wicked. You know, so um, tell us a bit about that sort of stuff and, and, and you know, how important you think that is. Oh, and, and can you elaborate on your own yeah, photography so, too? Yeah. So I actually took photography in high school. Um so I majored in photography. I graduated with a dual diploma. Um, and the goal was to kind of, you know, be a photographer outside of high school and, and do it as a career full time. And then that just kind of never happened. Um, but uh, fast forward 12 years and uh, kind of got into the Instagram thing. And then just over time, I think, like I've had the, the account as Peg City Apit for about a year and a half now. Um, started in like October of 2019. But in the beginning, it was very much like I just wanted to share my love for retro gaming with people that also love retro gaming. So mm. that's kind of where it started. And then it was very just like point and shoot. Like it was, you know, here's a game, take a picture of it. You know, yeah. here's my sister does pearl art with uh, with those melting beads. So it was, you know, here's some pearl art that my sister's done. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it started. And then just over time, it just became like I started getting more like artistic with it um in january of last year i i connected with a couple um a couple of creators all over the world um so james he plays is one in the uk next stop please who's actually just a province over she's in toronto and then um yesterday's tech uh sam and kelsey over in australia mm-hmm. um so i connected actually with sam and, and kelsey first so from yesterday's tech and 
you know, the, the chat kind of started with like, I want to create like a little group of people that, you know, are coming up in the community that we can just connect with that are all over the world and just create like this little like pod of people. And then just like over time, we'll like, you know, maybe we'll, we'll blow it up into something bigger. Um, so the four of them, like I talk to almost, you know, almost daily at this point, yeah. but um, they've really influenced my like push for the art side of, of my Instagram. So Kelly absolutely kills like, like kawaii, like very girly, cute, like flat lays with Game Boys, but they're different. Um, I, I say almost every time I, I mention her account and I'll say it here um, on the record, Kelly has the most aesthetically pleasing Game Boy account on Instagram, mm, no doubt. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you're not playing here, next up, please go check her out. Um, absolutely unreal stuff. Um, we, as a group, like just kind of like hinted at, you know, she was using just like a flat, like white Ikea table for the longest time to do her stuff. Um, and was still killing it. Was still doing the flat lay thing. Everything was gorgeous. And we were just like, how do we shift the the aesthetic a little bit? And we're like, stop using the white table. Like, just like, see if you can get rid of it and do, you know, some kind of color or different type of background. Mm. And, you know, she switched it up. She's using all kinds of things around her house. And then, boom. Um, so as, as I watched her account grow, um, I was like, how do I create, like, my own kind of aesthetic my own vibe um so I kind of started and I was like I couldn't quite figure it out um you know I've seen a lot of these like aesthetic profiles that are you know they're they're like colorated a certain way and you know they're all you know they're all cool tones or they're all purple with uh, just just uh just cat gal um yep. and Justina she's in the UK and her whole profile is purple it's absolutely unreal yeah that's commitment um, hey you know, but things like that, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy, but it's like things like that, you know, I was like, I want to do something like, like that. It's, it's me. Mm. Um, but it's like, it's true to, you know, to the type of pictures that I take. Um, so late last year, I, I spent probably about six weeks, like just trying to figure it out. Um, the last couple of weeks I went on like a tour around Winnipeg and I took some pictures of Game Boys around the city and then, I was like, hey, I want to do a dark aesthetic, but I want it to still true to the pictures that I was taking prior. Um, so I took 40 or 50 pictures and just looked at them all. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like I've already built the aesthetic. The pictures are just out of order. Like looking at like what I had posted previously. Mm. And then from there it was just a matter of okay how do we how do we do this so when i like i create all my content so here's another tip for everyone um who did the shoot like peg city uh uh tag and thank you to everyone who did um i think we had about 30 people you know take their stab at it and i think the really like humbling part about it is that everyone you know took a stab at something that i do but everyone put their own skin on it yeah no one no one took a Game Boy was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my Game Boy the exact same way that it did. It was, I'm going to use the fundamentals and the tips that were given to me in that Instagram TV video. And I'm going to shoot something how I feel that he would shoot it, but it's still true to me. So 
that was really cool to see and, and yeah. like super humbling um there was a lot of cool pictures in there there's a lot of nice shots um and for the most part every, almost if not everybody um you know i offered some type of tip or or trick for their specific style or shot um and just like how i would you know improve on it just a little, little bit mm. and it was like none was bad like every single one of those pictures was amazing mm. um you know it's just like little stuff you know shooting a little closer um, you know, add a fill light or a color fill to you know, separate the Game Boy from the background, mm, um, you know, mm. change the focus a little bit, just to, like bring that, bring that focus just to, you know, to the D-pad rather than, you know, yeah. the, the silk screen on the Game Boy, just like little, little things. Yeah. Um, and the next day people are like right back to it, like, I'm going to do it again. And like, boom, like they take in all those tips and all those, all those suggestions and like they, they slide it day two. And like, yeah. this is unreal i'm like now now i've got competition on, on the ground like, yeah yeah, basically, yeah. Like, i just wanted a dark aesthetic that was very like you know visually appealing and i think i've kind of i've captured that i think with um with what i'm kind of doing i'm doing like this three picture set thing i don't even know what you would call it sets of three um so everything i shoot in sets of three um whether it be a color or a build style or yep. uh yep you know, one particular Game Boy with three different angles or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So um, I've been doing that. The people, they'll be loving it. Um, if they're not loving it, drop me a comment or a DM and I'll change it up. But um, <laughs> if you're not loving on, it, based on the, you know, the, if you're not loving it, just come yeah, back in exactly. like three days and there'll be something different. So it's all good. Yeah, I exactly. Think, and even, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think people sometimes so, um, forget, what Instagram, like I've been on Instagram probably four or five years for a couple of hobbies and what mm-hmm. sort of attracted me to Instagram over, uh, I guess, I use Facebook but more for just communication. I like to just watch and it's a couple of groups I'm involved in and I just kind of like watch them all kind of poke each other in the eye with blunt objects and just go, oh, that's how that works. All right, that's cool. I got what I needed. Um, but Instagram really yeah. is, it really is and has in a long time been just about photography. And I've said it before, there's there's less inclination to have a conversation with someone about what you're presenting. Someone might comment, but it doesn't feel as like, hey, buddy, I think this is shit. It's just like, oh, yeah, or they're just kind of because it's like really scrolly and no one else has already started the conversation. So the space is still there for you to just put up whatever it is you like and see if other people like it and if they don't. Worst case is I've got a five-year photographic diary of all the stuff I've been into, the the countries I've traveled to, and I just really enjoy kind of scrolling back, you know, two years ago and, Oh wow! I had that, and oh, we were doing that, or we were there, and you know, you can use that as a little bit yeah. of a, a tool when if you're trying to, whether it be like I used, to, I used to build a lot of Gundam, you know, got a Gunpla, and I used to have a lot of RC rock crawlers and and FPV aircraft, and every one of those has had something, an element of photography, whether I'm trying to make a, a, a truck okay. look a truck look scale, or I'm trying to make this eight inch robot look like it's 120 foot. And you can kind yeah. of go, go back and you learn little lessons along the way. And it doesn't have to be expensive, does it? All, almost all my photography has been on a, like an iPhone. And my, my one I did for you, for you was just I've got a couple of $10 lamps with a little bit of a backdrop. And the red light was the light off the back of my bicycle. You know, I just sat that down on the bench. See, and, but like that's super clever. Uh, that's what uh, created my lighting. I can't remember who it was. 
I want to say it was Pixel Juice said he used like a red lamp from his girlfriend's plants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To create the red light in, in his yeah. and it's like honestly, you, use what you've got. If you don't have it, Good, if you don't have yeah. you know, like, these lights aren't expensive. Like they're I think they're 40, yeah. 50 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, like they're yeah. not expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um but if you don't have them, right? Like use what you've got. Yeah. You know, you can use flashlights realistically. Go through your kids' toolbox and pull out the fairy wand, and you know, there's all all sorts 100%. of stuff. There's yeah. stuff in your house that makes a bloody annoying light that you wish would turn off until hang on. I'm going to use that to photograph my Game Boy now. So, yeah, good, yeah, stu- exactly. good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for those that maybe didn't see the the video you did, uh, can you just elaborate on? You use like an SLR, digital SLR, for all your photography, do you? And then do you uh, do much? No, actually. No? So, um, so most of my stuff is shot on my phone. Beautiful. Um, like almost all of it. Yeah. Um, so I've got the S20 Ultra. Um, so I did that tutorial on my phone because um, most people don't have access to a digital SLR or yeah. film SLR. Yeah. Um, I do have one, but for the most part, most of my stuff is shot on uh, on my phone. Um, and when I do shoot with my with my camera, I will shoot that same set on my phone. And yeah. I'll mix in a shot from my phone yeah, in the yeah. set of three. Um, they're very similar in terms of quality. I think the only thing that I like about my camera more than my phone is it just has like slightly more depth of field. Yeah. So the images are like slightly crisper. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as like overall quality, like very, very similar. Like I would, I would applaud someone to go through my timeline and try and find shot on my camera versus yeah. my phone. Yeah, yeah. And the beauty of um, using your phone they're, is they're very, very close. you keep a consistency, you know, like it's one thing to take photos of things in a studio type format with lighting and everything. But then when you go to a phone and you're at the beach or wherever you want to have this nice shot, it will become quite apparent that there's a difference in what's going on here. And if you're going for a thing, like, you know, you are like, I want to create something. I want people to look back and go, this is me and I'm being consistent about it. If there's that sort of like zigzaggy of performance or quality, then people are going to see it and it seems a little less less determinated. So um, if that's a word, you know, less uh, like you're really specifically looking for something. So yeah, the phone is definitely the way to go. Yeah, no, and I, I would I would definitely recommend like if your phone has a pro mode, um, I would highly recommend that you get familiar with it. Um, there's nothing against the auto mode or just like the standard mode on most cameras, right? Like they're, they're meant to shoot in that mode. Yeah. Um, there's just like, you have more freedom. Yeah. And I think that most people, as far as like Instagram, you know, kind of goes like at the end of the day, like we're all content creators, we're creating content for Instagram. Um, you know, I think that that, if you want to call it name or, uh, title is kind of like subjective everyone thinks content creator and they kind of think you know people who are full-time making a living you know producing content but you you have content you've created you're a content creator so yeah, it's really yeah that simple but if you can create the highest quality of content with what you've got why wouldn't you take advantage of that so yeah if yeah. it's just as simple as learning you know the pro mode in your camera um, and just kind of learning what those settings do like that's the first step the second yep. step is to get familiar with, you know, different editing apps and software. 
um, whether it be Lightroom or Photoshop or mm. Visco mm. or anything like that. Mm. Um, there's a, I guess, a level of editing to it to just like take it from what you shot to, you know, what you envisioned when you shot it. Um, that was one thing that was kind of like drilled in my head as, as a student when I was taking photography is don't shoot it and then edit it to what you want. Shoot well, it the way you, what, the way you need it. Yep. And then make it what you like, what, what you wanted. So, so clean it um, up a lot. Of, yeah. And just like soften it up and, and you know, yeah. bring up your highlights and, and things like that. Don't, yeah. don't, you know, shoot a super bright image and then try to make it dark. Like yeah. Yeah. Shoot a, yeah. Shoot a darker image. Right. So, um, you know, I've watched, I watch a lot of Peter Minion's videos and things like that in the last couple of months, just to try to like bring all those skills back. And then honestly, it's just been, you know, I've always just kind of like darker images, mm-hmm. but like darker images that are still bright. We well, um, still got the detail I there. You that, can still tell what the, what the, um, the, the, the object within the photo is, you know, like it's, um, and as we all start to yeah. learn, we know the subtle differences between a DMG and a pocket, even though this, like most people, if you put a light in there, you know, the pocket light, most of us better go, whoo, that's sweet. That's actually a light. You give it to a chump that doesn't really know Game Boys, but we're doing this for each other. And the idea is to kind of please each other anyway. Yeah. I would also, um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would not discourage people from just looking at the very simple filters that are within the Instagram app itself. Um, most of what I do is oh, just, I've got the lighting and I've got it kind of, like you said, I'm not going to shoot something overexposed and then try and just use contrast and brightness to take it down because I'm going to lose all my detail. But if I get that picture, I, I set my exposure right. Mm-hmm. And then I just throw in like, I just love vignette because it just takes a picture and kind of it subtly focuses you on the center of the screen. You just crank a bit of contrast, a little bit of saturation. I'm not going to mm-hmm. make it bright, bright orange because you guys all know that's not the real color you, you now you're just being greedy and uh, you know and you just before you know it you've actually got a really nice little picture it doesn't take much at all um it, it can be done that easily you just got to tweak around and fiddle and push the sliders backwards and forwards before you go that's not right or and, and 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 they shoot it to you and go hey what do you think of this and you're like that's nice but uh, that, i know that's not really that orange so just crank the saturation down you know yeah and I, honestly i think like just knowing what those settings do yeah. to an image is is huge right like even in, in the video i posted um you know like i don't know how many people know that like the iso is it's the sensor's sensitivity to light right like i don't think anybody thinks about that but it also adds green to your photo so it you know it makes the photo brighter but it also adds green so if you're shooting in a darker setting you would use a higher iso but it also introduces a grain, you know, your shutter speed is the speed in which the shutter opens and closes it. Like that one's yeah. pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, white balance. So white balance is tricky. Um, I guess when I was explaining it, it's tricky because it, it, like it just moves that image from blue to, um, to orange, right? Like a warmer mm. tone. Mm. So different, different lights have different color grades. So I think that's the part I maybe missed. So I'll explain it here now for everybody. So fluorescent lights are blue. Um, so like your overhead lights, they give off a blue hint, like a blue tint. So yep. if you were shooting under fluorescent lights, um, same with LEDs. LEDs are they're kind of like they're they're white, but they do have a blue hint to them. Sure. Um, so you would so you'd want to grade 
on the warmer side of the scale so that your white is still white. Yeah. If you're shooting with, with more like a tungsten bulb or like more like household LEDs, um, like for lamps and stuff, like those are, are a warmer color than more of a yellow. So you'd want to bring your color temperature down to make the image more blue so that you can make that orange or that yellow color look white again. Yeah, so sure. The, the best way to do that is, is the, um, call it white carding or gray carding, is when you set your white balance, like that card should still be, it should be the color that you, you're physically seeing with your eyes. So mm. um, if you're shooting outside or in, a, in an actual studio setting, um, that card would be, like you're, you look at it, it should be gray or white or whatever. Um, and that's how you would set your white balance and, and all that is so that yeah, yeah. that is whatever color that you want it to be. So yeah. I hope that makes sense because I didn't really explain it in the video. So for yeah, everyone yeah, who's yeah. listening. Um, yeah. Well, anybody who's interested is going to take that and they're going to look deeper into it. One other thing, if, yeah. if I can call advice, is your backdrop is just so important, whether your backdrop be white sand or whether it be um, a black, I've got a piece of black kind of card, you know, and that's, it's sort of, um, it's, not, yeah. it's not reflective and it's not the expensive photography type film, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, non-reflective surfaces, but, but that's going to really, especially my phone's like a $320 Android and it's going to just not deal with um, exposure very well. And I've literally got to kind of touch the screen and go, no, I want you to look at this spot, not all of that. And because if I let it look at all that, yeah. it blows everything out because it's looking over in that corner and thinks that's the pertinent information. The pertinent information is the front of this Game Boy. As soon as I touch on that, the whole thing shuts down and it starts taking in less light because the subject is right there, right in front of us. Like, oh, I thought you yeah. want me to take a picture of the whole thing. So whether you'd be outside at the beach, whether you'd be at a party, whether you have it on the bonnet of your car and the sunlight's reflecting back, really honing in on the subject. And you can usually sort of slide the exposure down and you kind of look at it, look through your lens and go as best you can. That look, that image on that screen looks like what I'm seeing with my open bare eyes on the bonnet. And, and you're 98% there from then. Yeah. And I think even when I, uh, like I don't shoot in my auto mode too, too often, but like if I do, um, like I drop the exposure on it because it, yeah. it is naturally overexposing that image Yeah, um, yeah. for two reasons. So here's another tip. Your phone will overexpose the image on the screen because it wants you to be able to see it. Yeah. Right. That's part of the reason. So even if, even if it looks brighter on the screen, it's that bright. So if you were to shoot that picture, it's not as bright as it looks. It'll oh, actually be a, a darker image. Right. And this is because but it, it's but hard it to, wants see you to be able to see it. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So something to keep in mind is that even though the image on the screen might be brighter, the image that it takes may not be as bright. But I do knock the exposure down anytime I shoot an auto, mostly yeah. because this this phone's got a hundred and eight megapixel camera on it. So uh, the only way to use that camera is in auto mode. Um, right. So I'll generally use it if I'm shooting using natural light, um, just because yeah. why not shoot at 108 megapixels? Yeah, yeah, hell's yeah. You got all those all that horsepower. <laughs> my last little tip yeah. is that like my phone runs in the kind of you know like the auto dimming, so that if you're in a dark room, 
it, it dulls the screen, dims the screen to save battery and et cetera. And I always ensure that when I go into my little, so I've got a shared, you know, with my bicycle and all my other things. And my little kind of, let's call it booth is in the corner. And at that point, all I've got is my two lamps. And so the screen goes real dim, but I always ensure I turn that auto dim off so that and I crank it up so that the person who's sitting, you know, on their bus with bright sunlight coming through on their way to work, that's how they're going to see the image with their screen cranked right up. So that's another thing. Just ensure that you crank your screen dimming, you make as bright as you can so, so you'll see what the end result's going to be. Otherwise, you take that back into your living room and you go, oh, that picture looks terrible Like because you weren't seeing what, you know, you're supposed to see in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny you should mention that. So I shot those, like, very, very dark um, Game Boy colors about a week ago. Yeah. Um, those are shot dark and then edited to be darker than I shot them. Right. But I edited those with my screen like full brightness. Yeah. I had people comments like I had turned my brightness all the way up to be able to see this. I'm like, good. That was the point. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Like that was the whole point. Is like, like I want you to look at it and go, you know, like this is like this is a sexy Game Boy, but like I want to like look at it and you you bring it up and then it's just like all the detail comes back and it's yeah. almost like you're editing the picture yourself you know it's, it's yeah, a little beautiful. like slider trick so beautiful beautiful um yeah as, as far as so it, it astounds me sometimes what people would do like i was just just with game boys and stuff i've got the what's his name his last name is farrell greg farrell has got this game boy modding book which to some people yeah game, game changer mods yeah, yeah uh game Boy. this one here you can see it um and it's it's just I, I pulled it out recently um just to it's all black and white but some of the photography in that is uh is amazing i'm currently looking at um the couple of pages which is the bivert mod chip install for the dmg yeah it's in black and white fun. all the font is um kind of a it's almost like a like a handwritten type font, you know, it's not cursive, but it's not um, square. And, and you can really look through that and go, oh, I, and you know, you look at it and you go, that's where my eyes drawn to. And, and I really love seeing uh, the pics that people put up of like when they're actually modding. Um, I like seeing a bench and I like, I love a photo where I see a bench and I can see a tool and I can see that they're up to something and they're probably just ducked out for a drink but my eye is drawn to the Game Boy and the PCB and whatever's going on. And, you know, this is a really great book just to pick up and flick through. Um, I think people forget that, you know, books are good. I just wanted to kind of plug that while I was there. It's the Game Boy Modding by Greg Farrell uh, at Game Changer underscore mods. Um, it is a really good book. Probably not so much for maybe yeah, modding because nice. it's a few years old and everything's on the internet. But as far as just, being able to take you know what it's actually it's, so the so that so greg is, is he keeps teasing that he's going to do a v2 book he um, is yes so much has changed in the last year since you know since that book came out um i would honestly say it's a good read for for anybody i, I wouldn't say it's like it you know it's exclusive to game boy modders um i would say it's more of a textbook than anything um a right. lot of the information is definitely available on the yeah, internet, yeah. but I think to have it like right there, like it's it's nice to have because yeah. I've learned a couple of things in here that you know that weren't readily available on the internet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've looked at are in this book, um, you know, that are also on the internet. So it's like, I would rather have it in a book that I can just go grab and flip to, you know, whatever page and be able to just know that it's there rather than like, okay, where is, you know, who posted that YouTube yeah. video from, you know, which, two, three years which ago. Which Reddit thread was that? Um, again? That I don't have bookmark or save. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I have that book, the books, you know, it's 30 bucks and it's mm. got all of those, you know, all those tips and tricks and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to do like, you know, all the basic stuff. Yep. For the most part. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am not for one second discounting the value of the information in this book. Um, when I got it, I was, oh, no, no. but being able to, like you said, staring at a screen and, and trawling through Reddit posts and watching YouTube and stuff. And it's also apparently you should sort of half know it all, but having a book to read it. And also I used to have an old Volkswagen uh, over here. We called it a combi, you know, the van. And there was a book which was very similar. And it was like, I learned how to pull my own engine out of that van. And I learned how to change the gearbox, the transaxle. And you would get the book and it was like a workshop manual, but it was written much like uh, Greg's used the same sort of font. And you would get the book and it would say, you need a nine mm-hmm. seven eights or whatever. And you'd roll under the vehicle and you'd say, and you read the book, you get your girlfriend or your mate to read it. It'd be like, okay, so you see where you're laying now, right above you is that huge nut and you'd be like yeah that's not it that's for something else look two inches to the left that's the one you want so this way of just presenting the information as if you're just sitting there with greg and he's like this is how it's done just take your time and um you know all the imagery is right there so it's a good gift yeah uh, for, for anybody you know even if they're a good modder or not maybe get them a copy of this because it's um it's, it's really great to see stuff on paper that is about what we love because it seems sparse. Yeah, it, it's awesome. It's it gets super like I I was actually gifted mine um Beautiful. from Greg. Um shout out to Greg Game Changer Mods, but um nonetheless, like I read the whole thing through. Um and I, I think when I got my book, like I had been modding for almost a year already. Um so when I say like I didn't learn a whole lot from it, um like there's some stuff that like nobody's doing anymore. Like the Game Boy Color Frontlight kits. Yeah. Not a lot of people are doing those anymore yeah. since yeah. IPS started coming out. Um, but there's still a lot of people that still do backlit vibrates. Um, yeah. I'm actually doing two that I have to prep for the next, you know, the next couple of days. Um, that's a very like nice way to keep, you know, that original aesthetic of a Game Boy. Yeah. Well, adding a backlight to it. Um, correct you know there's a few people that, you know there's a few people that do them and they do them exclusively greg is one of them um all of greg's dmgs for the most are still backlit vibrant um, he's only recently started doing the ips stuff uh, and i applaud him for it like i would you know i would prefer to do backlit vibrants but the screens in like decent working condition are almost like impossible to find so kudos to him because he mm. finds them all that's probably why yeah. no one else can find them but yeah yeah he's really good he's really good, he's really good stuff yeah the, the bivota backlit dmg is a pretty rad looking thing because the one that i put in the this the the uh the backlight was a kind of a, a greeny so it has this almost like kind of 70s 80s kind of green crt to it as well so it just adds to the aesthetic it's a mm-hmm. one of the black play at louds yeah cool okay yeah yeah um I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit more about you as a collector because i think it's quite apparent you do like to collect um and i've spoken to a few people about what really 
makes uh, particular Game Boys stay in their collection? Because, I mean, I've got probably around 20 now, and there's even some I'm like, I've got a Game Boy Color with an Aeoli, which is just a bit small to screen. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a beautiful thing. And I I thought, oh, look, I'll sell it and I'll make some money so I can do like an OSD Color instead. Um, and I put it up mm. on Facebook Marketplace for like two days and I, I pulled it off. And I was like, why was that? I just... I just wasn't ready to get rid of it as much as I didn't even like it. So everybody has their little thing as to what makes a things what makes a Game Boy stay in their possession. Can you uh, sort of fill us in on what makes you collect and what makes you sell? Obviously, things are junk or or for someone you sell. Um, like but what makes me sell stuff? <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Okay. So the first the first Game Boy that I like built and then ended up selling um i built a i call them snow white build so just all white build so i built yeah. a snow white dmg um i so it was actually the first thing i ever like modded i reshelled it and that's kind of how i got into modding in the first place was uh i bought a couple dmgs and then um i've always been into just like i've always been into simple white tech white laptops white headphones yeah um, white phones like the works and I started, you know, trying to find Game Boys and I was like, I wonder if they sell Game Boy shells and if I could build a white Game Boy. And that's how it started for me. And then I stumbled onto retro modding, um, you know, and they've got their own custom white shells with, you know, with no logos or anything like that. on. Mm -hmm. And they've got, you know, the clean white lenses. And I was like, yep, like, that's what we're doing. So I reshelled that. Then I did a backlit vibrate on it. And then eventually I upgraded it to an IPS. Um, and I wanted to do more like I just wanted to keep modding. So I ended up raffling it um, and it ended up in Australia. Um, funny enough. So, um, so I sold that. And then for the last, you know, six months, I'm like, I need it. Like I need a Snow White DMG. Like I, I need one. And then I rebuilt it. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so this one's staying, this one's got, it's got type C rechargeable battery and it's got a, um, a rips v3 ips display in it um so that one staying in the collection so that was one build that like i built i sold and then regretted not re i don't say i regretted selling it it's just like it's a beautiful game boy um yeah. so i needed to have one so yeah. i built another one yeah. um everything else um i've got a few game boys that i won in raffles or i bought from friends um, or one in giveaways like those are collection items they are not going anywhere so yeah um, one one a raffle from kelly so next up please it's one of the first marbled game boys that she ever did oh, beautiful. Uh, it's a marble game boy pocket but it's marbled on the inside of the shell yeah um so i won that that's also bad in vibrant it's a game boy pocket um probably my favorite pocket other than the snow white pocket that i just built um a couple of days ago so i'll be posting pictures of that in the next couple of days so stay tuned um, i also won a um also won a game boy advance sp that's like zelda themed so it's, it's like golden yellow it's got a rose colored game boy uh triforce veneer on it mm -hmm. um, i won that and then i won a giveaway from level up mods um, that's a Yoshi themed DMG. Um, so that's not going anywhere. So those three builds for sure are staying in the collection. They're not going anywhere um, probably ever. And then the uh, 
the retro pixel neptune dmg that i recently built in january so retrobotic sent a bunch of bunch of modders and, and people in the community uh that that marble shell that I just came out with so it's it's an injection molded shell um, that's got hints of blue white and black in it every yeah. shell is of a kind so it's super super neat yeah um so I built that and then I ended up putting a white lens on it. It's got white buttons on it, white silicone, um, super clean. That's, that's not going anywhere. And then, um, and then I've got, uh, the, the James he plays collection. So yeah, he did the, the Bayside, the Kapowski and the Preppy. So the goal is to build all three and then those are staying in the collection. So I think the difference between like me, like I don't really buy. Game Boys just to like keep like I'm buying them to collect and I generally don't just like I buy them and build them for me. Yeah. Um, so like I've got like I always keep a clean view that's just like an original a gray brick. If I end up needing to mod one, um, because you know it's my last DMG, like I'll I'll use the parts to build that. But then and I've got a you know a dirty one or I come up with you know the board and the and the screen just goes right back into the shelf. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that I've always got it. And then I've, I've ended up collecting, I now have three play it louds um, that just keep popping up here randomly. And every yeah. time they pop up, I'm like, will you take, will you take a hundred bucks? Yeah. Box? And they're just like, like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. I'll be there in an hour. And oh, I just, like Molly. Um, That's a good score. So I've got, yeah. So I have, I have one that's complete in box. The only thing I'm missing, I think is the insert um like the play it loud actual like paper i'm pretty sure um and then i've got another one that came with tetris in the manuals and then i have a green one that just came with the case but i have three of the cases which you can't just find anywhere mm-hmm. um but they just like they keep popping up and i'm like every time they pop up i'm i'm like hey you yeah. you letting that go for any less than what you got it yeah. like a, cl- a clear play it loud complete in box dmg is like 300 dollars yeah yeah i'm hearing you the play it loud stuff is so cool like uh i think it's the, just different you know it is the first the first dmg i got was the a black play it loud it was given to me by my mother-in-law um my my wife and her brother used it and i was like oh yeah and i didn't really understand the difference between that and the the original you know beige brick and then when i saw the play it loud, i was like these are kind of cool and then i picked up like a clear one and now i've got the i got a green one and a red one and this is that whole like you know the mcdonald's colors are that color for a reason they make you hungry and all that sort of stuff and again going back to the whole aesthetics and the science behind marketing and you know i look at the colors of the play it louds i'm like they had some info inside information like how the stuff would look in your hand to give you a a feeling more than i just have a thing um i'm I'm really really looking for a good quality a good clean the blue one uh it seems to be pretty elusive in my part of the world anyway um it's gorgeous i haven't seen too many of them i mean i have two clear ones and like those are very far in between i i think like I know a couple people who have them. Yeah. But I have two and like that's wild yeah. to me. And they both popped up within a couple months of each other. Right. Uh, and then I've got a green. Yeah, I've got a clear one myself. Um, I think just looking at sort of the market over here in Australia, the clear one is probably what I would say to be the most common play at loud that people are selling. And they're always with a 
you know, Super Mario 2 or, or a Tetris. And it was obviously that's And they're kind of people that you sort of think, I don't think this person was ever really a gamer. You know, she might be a sort of 26, 27-year-old that's kind of got a kid and she's like, I'm just getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And they bought it on a trip to Hong Kong and it's just sort of sat around, uh, that sort of thing. So we're fortunate there's a lot of clears over here. Maybe that's that's what happened. Yeah. It's hard to get rid of them, isn't it? Even yeah, maybe. When- even when you kind of don't want to. Yeah. I mean, like, you I, don't want I don't generally like buy them. Yeah. Like I don't buy them to collect them. Right. Like, I mean, I think the play it louds and the stuff that, that is uncommon, like I'll pick that up for cheap if it is. Um, mm. But I think like I've started to, to kind of try to collab and work with, with like Game Boy shell artists. Um, yep. So I just yep. finished up a giveaway with Game Boy engineer for that that Gengar Game Boy Color Show. Oh, man, um, I love that. You know, so we're we're talking about. Uh, actually, I mean, I've got it. Here, hold on. I'll show you. But I mean, the people, That's the fun. people listening, um, yeah. would have seen, actually no, I can't. It's, it's all wrapped up. I can't even show you. Um, That's but it's fun. it's a outline Game Boy Game Boy Color with Gengar on it. So, um, you know, he does vinyl and does these really like exclusive Game Boy shells. Mm. Um, so we teamed up to do a giveaway. Uh, and and it's, it's an amazing show it's absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. um so we did that and then the game boy dot seven 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 um she does um like splatter shells she does the galaxy shells mm-hmm. um so i had reached out to her a couple of months ago and i was like hey like you know do, like are you looking to sell shells ever like is this is this a thing we can <laughs> yeah we can talk about because like they're they're gorgeous, right? And yeah, she, like, yeah. She's in Germany, um, you know. And I was like, if I've got to buy a whole build to make this happen, like I'll buy a whole build. But if yep. you're just willing to sell shells or some yep. shells out this way, um, I would I would love some. Yeah. And you know, she's like, you know what, your birthday's coming up. I'll do it as a as a gift. Oh, um, lady. And uh, so I got three. I got I got a Galaxy Pocket, which is unreal um i'll show you um people on the gram have seen them but um so i got three i got a dmg which is done with the peg city 8-bit colors yeah yeah that's cool so recall we're calling this the the pegs the peg city splatter boys what it'll be called um i got this one which is she called it red velvet so it's got like a, like a gradient on it yeah so it fades yeah, oh, so it's so, so, in like a raspberry color. Yeah, yeah. So like so more like a, like a deep red. Yeah. And then uh and then this galaxy. Oh wow. Look at that. I love the pocket. The pocket is my it seems to also, and let's not tell anybody, but it seems to be kind of caught in the middle where it's like the DMGs have gone bonkers and then the GBA is really popular and the pockets just sort of just sort of floating in the middle there. And I still see a lot of the sort of silver pockets that are still going pretty cheap. I saw a guy the other day on Instagram has got, um, I'm not sure he's using maybe like some etching and some painting and a few different processes, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the Mandalorian show that Disney's had on. Um, yeah. The, you're talking about Joseph Tompkins. Yeah. The, the best guy. Yeah. Oh my Lord, dude. I, I, I've messaged yeah. him. And I'm going to keep messaging him and just going, I'll pay the extra 40. Um, like I have here. Uh, I 3D printed this and I filled it with some lead flashing. So it's around about the same way as Beskar, this piece of Beskar. Uh, you can't see it. It's all washing out and shit. But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I would love a pocket. 
did that best guy pocket shell. So if that dude's listening, buddy, just Ooh, shut up, I mean, shut up and take my money. Too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah roughly. Yeah, that's right. yeah no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's doing really cool stuff uh, with with the etching, and you know, he's he's doing mm-hmm. that. And like, I think that we're in this like really like neat space where um, you know, in the last like year or six months, so or so, people are starting to put art on Game Boys, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of artists that don't necessarily you know build game boys or want to build game boys or mod consoles or anything like that mm. um but they do have a, a love for retro gaming and it's like how do i dabble in this space you know and and work with these people without having to do any of this stuff myself yeah you know? yeah so you know to be an artist you can now create like take your artwork design artwork specifically for game boy shells mm. and then you can you can collab with these with these modders like if there's a lot of people who have built up like legitimate partnerships with you know with um with game boy modders and artists and there's like a whole collab thing going yeah um and i, I like it's a really like interesting space to play in yeah, yeah like it, is. it is but but at the same time it's like you you're like a you know you're you're designing more than just an art piece like it's a collector's item i guess art is the same thing but mm. i don't know it's it's a super cool space to play and yeah. juliana does like she builds game boys as well um, yeah. and also does these shows so does joseph um they're both doing like really unique stuff um you know kelly's an artist as is james he plays uh, they're yep. both artists. They both and they're both graphic designers. The two of them, and they both they both yep. design yep. Game Boy Shell artwork as well. Um, Kelsey from Yesterday's Tech is also yep. an artist and has started doing Game Boy Shells recently. Yeah, yeah. It takes me back yeah. to sort of you know in the seventies and there was like all that big scene of like all the big vans, you know, the big Bedford vans that you know with kind of like the A Team van, let's say, and they would have like mm-hmm. you know kind of like a Conan the Barbarian mural with the, you know, the, the cat by his side and the moon in the background. And it was just this thing in the seventies and, and Harley Davidson's with fuel tanks that were just, it was like a skull demon warrior thing and all sorts of stuff. And I would say, yeah, that's right. And I would suggest that a lot of those, um, a lot of that art was done by people that doesn't give a rat's ass about the van or the motorcycle um but they were just artists and they were like here's another place for me to express myself and i love it 100 um, yeah I, I wonder if um if it's not too controversial you might kind of comment on the uh i think it was trey had uh someone had a um something caught up in customs in canada uh, a shell yeah i mean i i can a little bit about it like that, um, that concerns me like... this is the conversation i had the conversation was so you're telling me i can't get a pair of nike and put them in a box and send them to you as a gift like where does where's the line drawn like i just feel really bad for so the I, I think what what happens is is so when you mod a gay boy and you i think like when you send it and you put all your customs information, like if you say that it's a Game Boy, right? Only Nintendo's Game Boys. So, mm. like, who are you? I think is kind of where that where that great space kind of. Right. But there's people who are selling hundreds, you know, hundreds if not thousands of Game Boys and shipping them all over the world. Oh, absolutely, right? so absolutely. As far as like 
it being an, a, like a customs issue. Um, I, I can't speak to the fact like I've shipped Game Boys to the States, to Australia, to the UK and had no issues personally. Mm. Um, I think it's that specific customs office right. that's had some issues. Um, okay. And it's just like they've locked down. And, and I think like, you know, Nintendo might be looking to like re, re- renew those IPs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's their worst nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's a little bit of a personal thing. So like, I won't get like, yeah, like, I won't get too, too much into it, but it, it's more like, we're technically reselling, you know, like unlicensed Game Boys, mm. kind of. Mm. Um, but really, yeah. like the only part of it that's that's still Nintendo is is generally the backboard or the PCB. And yeah, that's right. Else is aftermarket. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't, I don't you know. ask you to go too much. I just wonder if you'd had any of that sort of stuff, and it just um no, I just hadn't had to anything of my any of it myself, and I think the. Like when you mentioned the Nikes thing, right? And you put them in a new box and you ship them. Like you're not saying that you're a Nike, nor are any of us saying that we're Nintendo, nor are we affiliated with yeah, Nintendo, yeah, nor yeah. am I selling you. Like I'm not selling you a brand new, you know, complete in box with all the. Like I'm not selling you a brand new Game Boy. It is a refurbished Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is like it's also brand new, right? So, um, I don't know what happened in terms of what, like how that got got seized, mm-hmm. um. I mean, it it's shitty. Like yeah. I know he he ended up losing losing some money on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, uh, I don't want I don't want to throw anybody in. I guess it was just the thought occurred to me on the end of these people that are putting so much work and so much effort into it, into these beautiful shells. You know, and I, I he, I'm sure he feels the same. He's like, I just this money a beautiful thing, and I just was giving it to someone, you know, so to speak. And so yeah, we mm-hmm. we, won't, we won't loiter on that thought, but um. Yeah, it makes me sad that the world gets like that, that we can't just share. <laughs> can't yeah, think. I think it was just like like wrong place, wrong time, right? Because mm. it, I mean, had that gotten, like had anyone else been working that day, right? Like would it have made it through customs? Probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it you know, had, had it been someone else, mm. would have just been like, okay, it's fine. And just mm. scan the box and moved it on, you know. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, this we're getting to the point where uh, I, I like to give uh, everybody an opportunity to kind of plug a few, a few names, a few places, a few companies, a few products, whatever it is that that you think deserves, um, you know, a little highlighting. They can be people that are at the the top, the top of the the cream of the crop, or they can be people that you think are up and coming, or they can just be your best mate that's got you through the last eighteen months of weird nonsense and you just want to give them a big fat hug you know through this through this podcast yeah i mean i've mentioned quite a few names throughout the the last hour in a bit here but um i mean i'll I'll highlight a few there's there's honestly like from the bottom of my heart like i appreciate every single follower that i've got Mm. um you guys are all amazing and it's been it's been an absolute ride the last year and a bit um there is act like legitimately there's too many people to yeah to i appreciate that list them um yeah so if i so if i don't say your name like don't don't think um you know i don't love you i, I love yeah. everyone of you I, I, um, i'm sorry i do put so people right, on the, right I do put the people top. on the spot a bit here don't know i i, I should rephrase <laughs> a, a little, that a little bit a little bit yeah, yeah. no it's, I, I guess, it's okay um, it's, right off the top the 
like the, the the people that for sure come to mind are are you know it's my little Game Boy game. So Jamesy plays yesterday's tech and next up plays um I guess it's the four of them, but um they've been awesome. They you know we've we've really become friends and 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 like real like tight homies um over the last year. And I think the the fun thing about um like our relationship is that we're all in different time zones, but we've mm-hmm. managed to like have a cohesive conversation amongst the you know the four or five of us um sam and 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 kelsey are in australia so there's like a whole you know 14 six hour delay between them and me um kelly's you know only one hour ahead but then adam you know james he plays is, is six hours ahead in the uk so you know he's six hours ahead so you know when i'm waking up in the morning it's lunchtime for adam yeah but then sam and kelsey are going to sleep and it's yeah. like me, me and kelly are getting up for the day so it, it's it's very weird that we able to keep like a you know a legitimate relationship going and, and yeah. it's, it's been super neat so you yeah. know definitely shout out to them mm-hmm. um, and, and look sorry to shout interrupt out to retro gaming dad but i think that's yeah no go ahead. that's part of what i would like to highlight the most with this whole podcast is to sort of the community can feel big and it can feel like it's in small groups, but there's so much in common. And, you know, it becomes apparent to me every time I get this opportunity to sit down with someone like yourself and everybody who's uh, been brave enough to step up and just meet you. And I just, I'm an introvert by nature and a lot of my hobbies are about just doing it with myself and I'll kind of draw a person into my hobby and I'll, 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 I'll participate with that person purely under my own control, my own level of exposure. Uh, yeah. But the last 12 months has definitely, for all of us, has has given me this kind of appetite to just meet people again. Like we, we did four weeks in California and I met 20 people that were just so amazing. I'll never get to meet them again. And it's really unfortunate. Um, but mm. I'm just trying to highlight with this podcast, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, because this community is really rad and it's really nice just to get to meet someone and um, you might learn a thing or two. So, yeah. And look, regarding the the names, yeah. I guess sometimes it's just about putting the shout out and then, you know, someone might listen to this for the first time. Uh, they might go, what's this crap? And then they kind of like, oh, that's okay. And then, you know, these people that are working real hard to spread the positive vibes, they're getting their reward, you know, and it just rolls on from there. So, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah. just want to clarify. No, it's not it's all good. Um, yeah, no, I definitely shout out to you, to Jordan, uh, Retro Gaming Dad. Um, you know, he, he did the maiden voyage and he was the first one on here. And Patient Zero. After that, yeah, I think shortly after that podcast, like that episode aired, um, you know, he was like, hey, like, I think this is something you, you might be down for. Like, you should reach out to to Scott and, you know, see what's up. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm down for a podcast. Like, why yeah. why not? Let's, you know, let's, let's chat. I'm always down to chat retro gaming. So let's, let's definitely do it. So shout out to Jordan. Um, you know, me and Jordan talk every day, if not every other day. Um, he's been a long time supporter of mine and definitely, definitely someone I consider a friend. So, um, you know, shout out to him. We're both, you know, we're both dads. So, uh, you know, we can relate on the parent front as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll shoot shit about parents and just like the you know the struggles of not being able to game or being able to yeah, monitor yeah, your parent and yeah, working full time yeah. and all that the, stuff the so, blessings um, it's it's nice to like relate to someone on on more yeah it's, it's nice to relate with someone on like multiple levels and not yeah. oh yeah like we have video games come so, yeah we're also new dads and we both have toddlers and then yeah um, you know we're both game boy modders so like almost every avenue is, is very very similar so like it's nice 
Uh, it's nice that way. Um, who else we got? Natalie the Nerd, um, yep. who was on episode three, um, is is very actually new to the to the gaming community or to the retro gaming and modding community. Um, I mentioned that in her episode. I can't remember, but she is fairly new. I'd say she's probably been around for about six months, give or take. Um, but she's she's no uh, she's no stranger to anybody. She's uh, popping up all over the place, just being in the background, um, boiling away. Absolutely un. Yeah, she's doing absolutely unreal stuff. Um, I mean, the uh, these LED PCB boards for the Game Boy Color that she's she's putting out yeah. are uh, they're a game changer, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Straight up, they they make the whole process so simple, like yeah. so so simple. You solder the current LED and you hit two solder points, bang bang. Yeah. Um, if you're not putting an IPS in there, like that's it, you're done. You turn that bad boy on, boom! You got LEDs in your. Yeah. If uh, you know, if you're putting an IPS, it, the process from there is is realistically it's the same. Nothing yeah. else changes from there. But it, it's one of those mods, isn't it? She she really is just trying to make. Yeah, she really is just trying to make the like, and I mean, putting LEDs in a Game Boy isn't difficult. It's just like it's very time consuming, right? Mm. So she's trying to take all of like the labor intensity out of out of these mods and, and make them more user-friendly with like two yeah. solder points is, is very easy. Um, I mean, when you get a rips kit, it doesn't come with a speaker on it, right? It's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Two solder points for the speaker. Boom, boom. It's very, very easy. People could do it. And I think that that's kind of what, what she is trying to bring to the community, try to make these mods accessible and, yep. and e- as easy as possible. So yep. uh, shout out to her uh shout out to marky pie um mark is is an interesting um kind of member of the, of the community because he doesn't mod game boys mm. but he's very in the retro gaming space yeah um you know mark does a lot of stuff with game Boy or with uh with game heroes and, and raspberry pies and yep. um you know he does these little vmu handhelds and stuff like that yeah, so, i love that um, stuff the little vmus you can actually yeah, like, the gym play on like that stuff just blows me i think yeah, he had like so, ghost I mean, goblins or something on one i was like dude that is just insane yeah no and i mean like he he's using like he's building game boy zeros is what they're called right because it runs on a raspberry pi zero so yeah yeah um like he's he's very in- influential in the space like he's he's always shouting out you know the up and person people that have been around for a while and they're just doing dope shit um and you know mark is not about the numbers at all yeah. um you know he's he's very very humble he's he's trying to uh, you know balance the work with the community side of things and i think that's like maybe the struggle for you know as you get bigger you you know you get more dms you get more more attention and trying to separate like how do you streamline like having legitimate relationships with people on instagram yeah um, and outside of instagram yeah while still maintaining that like business side of it um yeah and i think he does a really good job he's like he's so busy you know you throw him a dm and like you might not get back to you for for a couple of days or a week and it's not because he doesn't want to or that he he's ignoring you it's that like your message ended up getting buried and <laughs> yeah. um you know and and all the other messages but um, but Mark's been awesome. Um, I've had the opportunity to keep with him offline and, and off the gram over the last couple of months. And, and 
he he's amazing. He's he's yeah. super awesome. He's taught me a lot. He continues to teach me a lot. And um, it, he's it's people to look up to, and, and it's people like him that people like Nat will look up to. And as much yeah. as someone someone might be very quick to dismiss someone who isn't, you know, purely within the Game Boy cult, and you go, yeah, but everything that's happening within a Game Boy. It's got something to do with a technology unrelated to, like at one point, you know, that we're using the BlackBerry screens. It's got nothing to do with a Game Boy. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't have someone who was curious and capable to take a screen from a totally different tech and jam it in a Game Boy and then inspire someone like Nat the Nerd to create these easy install button lighting kits, like you've got to give the credit two to three layers back. And, I, and I'm picking up the people like Marky Pyre. They're that level of inspiration, not directly linked, but paramount to the hobby becoming a bigger and bigger beast and creating the extra aesthetics for things like with Nat. Definitely. Definitely. Um, J-Boy Mods is another one, um, as well as Game Changer Mods. Uh, so both of them um, are two people that I've been following probably right from the beginning um both people that i look up to both in just the quality of their builds the number of builds they put up and mm. how it, it really is a business for them mm. um you know jay does a lot of stuff with uh he started getting into like rechargeable battery mods um and magnetic battery mods and things yeah. like that yeah. um so he's always looking for like the next thing to like push the brink yeah. um it's like what's next right like rechargeable mods is cool but like what about a magnetic cable yeah right yeah, like yeah. that's like that's that's kind of like next level yeah. um so he's doing some really cool stuff with that and you know he um he does like tinted shells and he does a lot of like custom lenses and stuff so a lot of his stuff is like it's 100 percent one of a kind and like mm-hmm. you can only get it from him just custom labels and everything's got his jable and mods label on the back so like mm-hmm. shout outs to him because like all his stuff is 100 percent um shout out to him and then greg just like pumps out so so many game boys it's it's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy but they're all like all unique they're all gorgeous yeah. and yeah. like he's got his own like line of uv printed shells um you know that you can only get from him so like yeah there's yeah. just stuff you can get from like you know retro modding and, and player wave and, and yeah. places like that but then like there's shells you can only get if you buy them from Greg. yeah this is game changer mods the uh the book we were ranting on about before the game changer mods yeah so it's like it i i really applaud him and and i mean game changer mods see him and his and his um, and his brother Ben um, but like those guys that I, I've always kind of just like looked up his account and you know when I when I got into Game Boy modding um, Greg's account was one of the Greg and Ben were, they were one of the first guys that I followed to kind of see like what we could do what you could do with Game Boys and just evolved and like there's so many modders um, you know that have come up in the last year so um, there's definitely too many to um, you know, to mention all of them, but I will say, you know, shout out to everyone who who hit the the shoot like Peg City tag. I cannot thank you guys enough for for taking your own stab at that. Yeah. Um, I think there was about thirty people who who tagged me and tagged the the hashtag, and you know, a matter of a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so shout out to each and every one of you. Yeah. That was super cool to see. Um, I I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that type of response from it. I was expecting maybe a couple people, you know, would take a shot at yeah. it and I'd do that. But like, oh, I think it's thirty great. plus posts, and yeah. and there's still 
you know, they're still coming in is, is crazy. Don't um, stop it. Don't stop it. Keep it going. Uh, Craig and I from uh, Retro Game Store Comedy, we were talking about maybe episode 10. Because I feel we're going to get there. I've got people kind of like in, in the wings. Might be something where we might have a little bit of a celebration. Mm-hmm. And we discussed how to best... Uh, decide on who would benefit the most from the celebration and we we discussed a, a game boy photography competition and then it was literally like about 24 hours later it was hashtag shoot like peg city and i was like we discussed the concept but the, by the next day i was convinced there's no way i want to be part of judging one photo of just the amount of just skills that are out there from every second chump like myself. No, I can go through. Like how do you, how do you judge that? No, you don't. So we will probably come up with some sort of other, you know, you know, I think like you'd have to put that to like a community vote, like an anonymous community yeah. vote and let we, the community decide. I think as soon as, you, as soon as you take the community out of it. Yeah. We talked about maybe like deciding on our top 20 and then kind of letting that sort of filter through. But even then, it's like, I'm going to have to pick 20 photos from, I don't know, might get 80, 90 photos. And I just love everyone. I don't want to do that. So I'd rather just be potluck, you know. And if you're, if you're there, you're there. That's, that's as simple as that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, like if you've got uh, maybe a couple more, I've kept you. It's like we kicked this off at eight o'clock at your 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 time. So it's now yeah, it's almost, almost 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm an old dude. I'd be like nearly falling asleep in my chair. Fortunately, it's only about quarter, <laughs> to, quarter to two in the afternoon here on a Saturday. So sure, I, I, I could do this for an hour and a half. But um, if you don't really, if you've got one or two more, but otherwise we might wrap it up. Um, yeah, like I said, like there's like there's too many. Yep. To, uh, there's too many to shout out um you know no no hard feelings anyone it's not not yeah. that yeah. i don't want to um like i literally cannot just sit here i could sit here and ramble names off all another day. episode um yeah and i'll just yeah. come on and i'll just, and I'll, just I'll just spit off every I, every name i need um, to rethink I mean, how i present that to listen, the guests just to kind of like give them a bit more preparation yeah, maybe, and a bit maybe more, that's the only bit thing more of a brief that people prep. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, honestly, like I, I follow just under 700 people. Like if you want some people that are, are amazing, go scroll through the 700 people I follow. Um, <laughs> they're all amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, and then go scroll through the 3,300 people that follow me and, yeah. and they're all amazing. Yeah. Well. And then the, um, then the 400 people really that follow each of those to, like, people. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone's amazing. Um, yeah. There's like, it's really hard to just like lock it down into like, yeah, like these people are, you know, the people that are amazing. I think the people that I mentioned are people that I, I genuinely look up to, um, you know, that, uh, that have become friends in the community and anyone listening, you know, I, I'm not saying that you're not my friend. Um, if we talk on a daily basis, like we're definitely, uh, you know, not just Instagram pals, but uh I'm I'm always open to chat. My DMs are always open. If you ever thought about reaching out and you're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to bother. I don't want to bother him. Reach out. I'm always down to have a conversation. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of how all of the relationships I've built are just like, hey, like, notice you're, you know, Canadian. You want to be friends? Like, yeah. I'm Canadian yeah. too, you know, yeah. and um, 
that's all it takes to, to, to make a friend. Um, I've got a visitor this afternoon. This is someone off Instagram through the through the Game Boy. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of worked out, hey, you're in Australia. And then blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, hey, you're in Queensland, which is my state, you know, or province, whatever you want to call it. And then blah, blah, blah. This dude is like half a kilometer from my house. And I'm like, oh, down the you don't down the street. You got to come around this afternoon. We'll have some beers. We'll play some some retro game, and then we'll just talk Game Boys because they're like, uh, you're another human that loves Game Boys possibly more than me. And I just need you in. I need you in my space, mate. I really 100%. do. I'm really really looking forward yeah. to catching up with him. So, um, all right. Well, I think we're going to kick this into touch. Um, I really, I really appreciate you. You know, you've got a young fella there, so you're digging him down. I appreciate you taking your time out, 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Uh, it's, it's really great to hear from you it, because it just helps us all to put a voice and a bit more sort of personality to what we see in our feeds. And uh, I encourage everybody to go and check out, sure. check out, you know, your Insta. If there's, as usual, at the bottom of every um kind of show notes and with the instagram post that i put up there's always links to the guests and there's always links to the people that were highlighting at this particular situation and any other uh info, pertinent information um i will say that uh i'm not sure if there's any other way bar on apple itunes or whatever they call it now to give a review but it does help and the point of the review is purely just to uh, I personally listen to about seven hours of podcasts a day at my work and I'm kind of running out of stuff to listen to. And if I look up Game Boy Retro Gaming, I'm sort of getting the same 20 to 25. So if you put this out there and you give it a review, there's someone out there that wants something to listen to and just goes, are you serious? There's a podcast about Game Boys and retro gaming, but, you know, tightly close with Game Boys. You're going to make someone's day. And, you know, they might be that next peg city. They might be that next, you know, amazing artist. So that's what we're doing. We're just cultivating the community. So, um, yeah, sure. leave, a, leave a review, best way you can. Uh, mate, really fantastic to talk to you. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. And we'll be in touch. And I think at the end of the day, we're all just going to come back around. And if I ever make it to Winnipeg, I'm definitely coming and we'll pull those consoles out and I, you know, have a look at what you got there. That's fantastic. But that might be a few years. Sounds good. You know how it is. <laughs> all right, bud. All right. Good on you. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, mate. No worries. Take care.